Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. This week we're talking about film criticism and where it sort of exists in the world and how we feel about it because several things in our life have sort of come together at the same moment where now I have opinions about film criticism in a way that I never had before and seeing as how we're primarily a film criticism podcast. Yeah, so I was going to say, despite being a film we should probably <laughs> have thought about it's, this before right now. It's time to give it some thought. We haven't done the training, Armand White would say. Anyway, my name is That's always right. T. Christie and I'm here with Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. And Trey the Amazing Stokes. Look, there's just one point I want to make about what you just said. <laughs> so there's this whole confluence of events that just happened. One is that we did a commentary for Looper the other week. and Remember it, that? Ended up getting <laughs> no all the way up the ladder to uh, Ryan Johnson, who someone tweeted it to him. <laughs> the ladder. The ladder. Yeah. Someone tweeted the ladder at here him. in this case yeah. is the writer Twitter. and director ended up listening to the first few minutes of the commentary and turned it off because he didn't want to hear the rest of it. More or less. And it, who can blame him? I can't blame yeah. him at all. Yeah. Um, but what was cool about it was that he actually engaged us and like replied when he said, I, "Should I listen to this? I shouldn't have listened to that." And I say, "Oh, how much did you listen to?" He said three minutes. I'm like, "Oh well, thanks yeah. anyway." He didn't make it past the introductions. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. This, that, and the other. And then. I thought the conversation was over, and he tweeted back, and he's talking about like this, that, and the other, and here's why I think about this or that, and then we started talking about Magic Beans, and then we started talking about this, and started talking about that, and then Mike got in on it, and it ended up being like an hour and a half long conversation over Twitter with Ryan Johnson public, about the public conversation about yeah. the structure of Looper, and you can listen, you can read the entire transcript. I've put it all in order, and it's easy to read. If you just go to the Down in Front forum and go to the Looper thread in the episodes forum, you can read the entire thing, or if you just you know pull up the Looper episode and click on the call it button, it'll take you to that post. But that happened and you know we find ourselves in this really weird point because that's actually not the first i know of of someone who is involved with or a big part of some project hearing our commentary and our responsibility aside from trey well that too <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and and it brings to mind yeah. questions and you, you guys said some serious shit about moby dick that i really <laughs> yeah yeah still hurts to this and day I, and i want to and i i was struck by the thought what is our responsibility because i i was feeling kind of bad what are we doing i was feeling <laughs> what have we done well, oh, I was, these hands i was feeling kind of bad about you know ryan hearing that because it's not like we were all flowers but on the other hand i don't think we were unfair or cruel we certainly didn't mock the movie and i think that the educational and entertainment value of down in front at least that we imagine exists is valid and our responsibility is to the listeners not necessarily the creators and even if it was to the creators i don't think that we were mean to him so it's not yeah. like we did any sort of a faux pas there but now that we're kind of at a point well, even where if we were mean to him we he didn't he wouldn't have got to that point well, yeah, but I, I understand but he, the, but he the still question, won a dga award last yeah, night yeah, yeah. He's, he's fine. He's, we didn't ruin him but the, but he's the, question, all right. the question is just now that we're at a point where it's such a thing that people actually see our our reviews sometimes or our commentaries does i don't that, think we're, we're that big well we're not that big <laughs> well we but it's let's it's, not be like now that we're well, famous well, no, guys no, it's yeah not, but i'm just what saying i'm stunned that anyone listens to, to us. the people i'm just saying that when, before we started that did not happen and now sure. it's happened a couple yeah. times so well, we've, we've certainly said a few times over the course of the last few years you know jj if you're listening <laughs> yeah. you know george if you're listening love you and i think mm, at least in my head, I think in all of our heads, to a certain degree, of it, on a very long spectrum, we've made a very short trip of a complete, yeah, if if you ever hear this, ever Ben Affleck. But it's just <laughs> creeped a little bit closer the, to... The notch just twitched. Yeah, yeah, it twitched a little bit. And yeah, the, the fact that if we didn't, we might have. And even if we didn't, we very easily could have probably said, Ryan, if you're listening to this, so-and-so. <laughs> I, I think we, we now <laughs> We now exist in a world where that's... Yeah. The conversation actually happens. Yeah. We're not just shouting yeah. into the wind. Well, it can happen. Because I have, I have a question. Because I came... I, I literally tuned into Twitter at, like moments after the whole thing had ended. And I was like, what the... Oh my God, what? Did we just have a conversation with Ryan Johnson on Twitter? That's okay. That's fun. Um, how did he get into it? 
Uh, someone, oh, I, I forget right now. I'm sorry. Well, someone tweeted it at them. Because you were, you were, I, Jeremy, he, the exchange started with Stu Mashwitz. He engages with Stu Mashwitz said, should I listen to this? Because I guess he worked on Looper. No, 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 no. Ryan, Ryan Johnson, uh, uh, no, he says, but but someone else. Stu, Stu Mashwitz Stu was, was the first there. thing I saw. He said, yeah, Stu he said, this is going to make me sad or something like that. No, no, no. Stu said, uh, I just posted up the link. I said, here's the Luber commentary. Stu right. said, I love you guys. I said, oh, Stu, you're going to love <laughs> oh, this sorry. episode. Stu, yeah, Stu, because, okay. And someone, does, he not, does he not like Looper? That's the inference I make from and, that. Well, no, because you were talking about, um, you were talking about, uh, you know, if you like Looper and you're tired of people being assholes about it not making sense. Right. And then he responded to that. So I don't know what the context was for I love you guys. Maybe right. he, wa- he was happy that we were going to take on looper maybe he was happy we weren't going to be assholes about it i don't know but that's where yeah. he but at some point right after that someone well, that's said assuming that we weren't going to be assholes oh about yeah. it, I, think I think at that point fair. someone replied to Stu and to down in front saying i can't wait to see some at looper movie battles about this or something like that but at looper oh movie yeah J- jason a, diamond jason diamond is the one is uh is the side account you know ryan johnson has at ryan johnson but he also operates the looper movie one right. for you know posting about whatever yeah, news about the film. His whole conversation was he, he, he was, was in, that he account. was he was wearing yeah. his looper movie outfit yeah but that from my understanding that is ryan johnson Johnson that yeah. was doing it the whole time. <laughs> that or it's a PA who Boy, masquerades really as cares. Ryan Johnson. Yeah. He cares hard. But here's the thing. He's authorized here, to speak in the first person. Here's, yeah. here's the takeaway from that. Ryan was fucking unbelievably cool about it. Oh, yeah. Like, oddly cool. And I think we yeah. might have lucked out if our, as of yet, one major high-profile interaction yeah. with someone that we're talking about their movie is that he was so cool about it when we... Where we had a lot to say about Looper. Yeah, I don't even if, think I could. I don't think I, if I had made something, I don't think yeah. I'd be able to do that. No, with I was saying that. I was like, if I made, and uh, what Stu did say, he was like, I I do love you guys, but when I make a movie, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> he did near. say that, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I totally get that. If yeah. I make a movie, I don't know if I'm yeah. going anywhere well, near Stu, the episode. Stu, just make on one it. that makes sense. Uh, but the but here's the part that <laughs> says the man who made an asylum film. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I don't understand the concept of engaging in that. And that's the part that puzzles me. It's like, some random bunch of yahoos did a podcast internet. about your movie and you i don't see the the thing i think he, well, why you jump into that I why think, you even go down that road that's I, the part i don't understand i get the sense that he is like us in the sense that he's he's a movie fan he likes kind of having if he weren't making the movies he'd be on forums kind of debating about them and having these conversations and i think he still wants to be kind of part of that community so he likes to engage i don't know that for a fact like i don't know the guy someone was saying i I think one of brian's friend was saying that he used to hang out on the brick forums and ryan would contribute on the forums back in the day and and we know that he's he's already done you know commentaries of his own and take this to the theater with you and he's he does engage he's hip to to our job and i totally get that but i so again i'm not i'm not knocking the guy because he was very t- totally cool about it um but in the end i mean i because i i wouldn't participate but i did read the thread and uh you know his, his reaction was and you can't argue with his argument which is well that's how i did it yeah that was that's that in the end that's his argument so, yeah I, I understand that but this is how i chose to do it which is fine because that's that's the that's the answer that's the right yeah. answer it's like yeah i considered all those options but i went this way cool okay. you know yeah. there's no there's nothing to argue with there right. and neither, i just but, wanted to know why at that and point there, but there's also nothing to argue with where i go well that's that's good for you didn't work for me yeah but best of luck in your future endeavors um, it's just interesting to enter this new paradigm where i'm actually considering us as being a reviewing body and at the same time as that's happening on the forum there was a conversation that's been happening that uh someone posted something about toy story 3 sucks because it's the same structure as toy story toy story 2 right, there was a video about uh pavlet posted pavlet posted it, but he's that. not he didn't make it he so was posting we're it having a conversation on the forum about film review and 
even while that's happening, and we're talking about Armand White and Ar- Roger Ebert, then at the same time, Confused Matthew becomes another person that's sort <laughs> yeah. of revolving in the three-body problem of what is a good film reviewer doing. And it's and then when we consider that's, the fact boy, that... that's a spectrum right exactly, there, man. Yeah. Confused yeah. Matthew, from, from down in front, Armand White, Confused Matthew, Roger, Roger Ebert, Ebert, to Armand and White. us in there somewhere. Yeah. And I, was, I started wondering, like, I, I didn't actually know what who Armand doing? White was. My, you guys, <laughs> yeah. I think, had known about him, but I had I, never I, actually... I've heard I, the name. I know nothing about him. I still have about him. Not, but nothing I, other than the name. I had never read any of his reviews, and I read them. And in case you don't know, I'll give you the idea. It's basically that he's making these odd sociological, psychological... <laughs> Sociopathic, so- I would say. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's drawing odd now parallels between movies, and <laughs> when he reviews yeah. them. He reviews them on a very sort of deep, intention-based level. But there's also this weird, almost hard-to-deny trend that when he's making his point, which seems to be completely disparate from the movie that he's reviewing, when he's making his point, he seems to tack the positive glowing stuff on what are otherwise considered to be bad movies and the really negative fuck this guy for this shit on what are usually considered to be good movies. So he has this contrarian streak that's really annoying. But when you So read he's his, a troll, is what you're saying. He's basically a troll. <laughs> that's what Ebert thinks. But in yeah. any case, and his whole thing with Ebert is that Ebert hasn't done the training. It's clear that Armand White at least studies before he writes a review, but he, he comes across... I don't know what he's studying, he comes but across, studying He comes something. across as a well-read student of film, and his acu- accusation is that Roger Ebert is just a, just a, 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 a nobody. Yeah, the way yeah. Roger Ebert would think of us, Armand White thinks of Roger yeah. Ebert. And, and just, does Armand White regularly write for a publication? Oh, yeah, or that's what... He, the only reason that he's... Washington he's, Post, I think, I'm, or something I'll like that? have to look him up. It's not Washington Post, but the only reason anyone cares is the fact that he is a legitimate reviewer for a legitimate outlet, so his, his input affects you know rotten tomatoes and stuff like that and the reason that it came up with toy story uh with toy story 3 was he is the only reviewer that gave it a negative oh, review he, so it would have been 100 percent oh, yeah. right so. and it, and and, and that's, I, well it was less it was less about the fact that it didn't get to be 100 percent, but it was that asshole who always yeah. does that who who broke it now aside from the fact that and if you don't know who he is, at least allow our built-up straw man version of Armand White to be the one that's in your <laughs> yeah. head right now. But allowing for the fact that we're going to say for the moment that Armand White isn't a troll, and this is his actual opinion about things, and he writes the way he writes about movies in this very heady sort of way, as opposed to Roger Ebert, who will basically give you the plot summary and then what he did or didn't like in a star. Do you think that there is validity to both camps of reviewing, or do you think one is more worthwhile than the other? And then down in front, I guess, would be a third point on well, that spectrum. It depends on what you want from... Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you want you, a review or do you want a critic? Do you want someone to say, want, I liked it, and if you and I appear... You know, because the thing about... Review and analysis are different things. The thing about yes. Ebert and the... Yes. The, I mean, the thing about Ebert and the thing about Rotten Tomatoes as an aggregate that, that I yeah. appreciate, because I find I, I can't really find a critic I usually agree with. But a lot of people would say, okay, here's this critic... When he says he liked a movie, I tend to like that movie. When he says he didn't, I tend not to like that movie. So the the pattern holds that generally I will I will do what yeah. what he recommends. My because, guy for that is Drew McWeeny over at HitFix. Right. If whoever it is, like if whatever their instinct was or whatever their response to it was, that's probably mine and that will inform my viewing experience and my choices this this weekend. That's what that's what like you said, there's a difference between review and analysis or critique. And I don't think that that Ebert is trying to be anything more than I think this, this is worth good. your Go money. I think that is not worth your yeah, money. Yeah. The, the question yeah. is: Are you are you looking for a, a buying guide, or are you looking for the latest chapter of your cinema history book? And it sounds like Armand White is a really bad version of the latter, while Ebert's and most other people that we think of when we term of film critics, quote unquote, is the former. Well, what's interesting about that is I had thought that was the way it always was. I didn't know about Armand White, and someone. 
posted in the thread. Maybe it was that thread. Maybe it was another one. A conversation, like an old video clip from the 80s, where it's the, uh, Siskel, Siskel and Ebert defending, yeah, against the old guard against critic. Against the, yeah. the other old guard critic. I think his name was Simon or something Simon. Uh, but the old guard critic guy was saying that Empire Strikes Back is pretty fucking shitty and here's why and it's not this and it's not that and it's and making S- kids stupid right and Siskel and Ebert over there and saying, he wasn't wrong that's the sad well, part well, yeah I know that's the thing when I watched <laughs> the video I was trying to be fair about it I think Doc Sub posted it I was trying to be fair yeah. about it and I'm going well I actually think he's raising good points and I think that they just missed his point but I don't disagree with Roger uh, Ebert yeah, and Gene Siskel, Siskel and Ebert came out and said no it's 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 only meant to be fun it's and, you know an yeah. allegory and fantasy has been part of kids lives forever it's, it's an entertainment it's, piece and that's yeah. all and yeah. I think what's interesting is I think that our modern culture and the way that we look at review these days has been greatly informed by Siskel and Ebert because I think the reason that looks so weird and odd that the guy would say that shit about Empire Strikes Back is that at the time there were different kinds of film critic and reviewers going on and these two guys disagreed but Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel blew up and now they have basically just become what film yeah. review is supposed to look like because that's all we've seen for the last 20 right. years. And I'm, I'm, I'm not that familiar with Armin White but maybe it's you know maybe he or, or, or an older guard you know serious film critic objects I know I know there are people that do objects to the to the reduction of a movie to a thumb up or a thumb down he or, does or four stars yes I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised you know and, and that's fine but again we're back to the definition of difference between criticism and reviewing because when Gene Shalit goes on the Today Show and says it's a fun filled romp through the vineyards of Europe well he's only there to just tell you give you an idea what the movie is so you can decide if he's you want acting to... as a trailer yeah exactly it's like it, he's just there a review is it's got this maybe it's a little intense if your kids are under 10 you know just to give you a sense of whether or not you want to see it you know criticism on the armand white level is is a much deeper thing and a much more informed thing and a much more niche thing because most people aren't interested in that level of of analysis nor should they be and i think it's fair to say that we happen to be obviously we can speak ebert language but since we're doing a podcast that's done nothing but film analysis for the last four years now i'm 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 not necessarily anti armand white ish reviewing on the well, face I'm not, of it because, I'm not anti-critique. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not anti-analysis because obviously we could be doing a show where we talk about the movies we saw this week, but instead we're doing a show where we talk generally about the way that a movie's built and how it could have been fixed and the cogs in the machine and all of that stuff. But we should point out that... But we're just making shit up. Yeah, we, we should point out that we didn't start out with a you know a specific idea of what down in front was in I, in either of those yeah yeah either of those it, visions. That's, that's not what we thought we were going to be doing. Yeah, no, I mean, it just grew into that. Yeah, grew we thought we were just stuff. shitting on the prequels. So that's yeah, really that's that's we thought we were going to talk about visual effects all the time. And when we were shitting on the prequels, we were being more like confused Matthew, or at least what I know about confused Matthew, <laughs> yeah. because I've only seen several things of his like two or three times, and I think I think yeah. it's because Pavlich linked them all three times in the forum. Yeah. I'm glad the, we the far end of the spectrum is confused Matthew. I think we did kind of start like that and we've evolved away from it and i don't think he has and he's been doing it for yeah. a while right uh, but he hasn't had to that's, well, i, I guess, guess i guess so. he's i think he's doing better than we that's are. How, well that's how evolution works isn't <laughs> yeah it? that's right <laughs> if there's no pre- if there's no selection pressure yeah, then not to mention <laughs> the fact that you know it, it not in a sour grape sort of way but not to mention the fact that there's probably a larger market for people who are really mad at a movie and want to hear someone else be mad at it too yeah as opposed to someone who's trying to you know understand the movie uh not to say that there's one there's like a status difference between them just there's different intentions with those two different things and there's a lot of room for someone to be really shitty at insert movie here yeah that was the, that was an interesting thing that that happened in our conversation with ryan johnson because he engages it's i mean it's not just us like he engages yeah. with a lot of people and and so he's used to having def, having to defend in a sense he was i i appreciate he was trying really hard not to just 
you know, roll yeah. down the blast doors with. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, and, and, and like and cut it you, off. As you pointed out, also he was classy enough to go. Well, I'm making bank, you kids. Yeah, Who are you? He's you classy know? enough not to do that. Yeah. Definitely. It's a t- a t- he did throw one elbow. I did. Yeah. He did throw an elbow. <laughs> he threw one elbow. I don't. Is, I don't know if I'd necessarily take that. I as totally. I totally. Us, I read that as re- like. Re- I, re- I, re- I felt. I felt the breeze, dude. All right. All right. The line we're referring to is at one point he said, "If you're gonna something something screenwriting 101 magic." Well, he knew. He knew. He he basically the term magic bean. Well, he. Basically Which said, freaks me out because we invented Magic Bean here at he, Down in Front. He basically said if we were uh, – well, I, I think he's, he was saying the piece of magic or whatever, but he, uh, which is the, the Blake well, Snyder he says, version. He, he, he says, says Magic Bean in the Twitter conversation because Brian says second oh, Magic Bra- Bean in okay. his intro. On okay. Yeah. And, and, I and he think, went Magic Bean. Uh, so, yeah, okay, well, so maybe he didn't know that term he's, before. He's got a whole thing about that and, and what he was <laughs> and saying And that's his is, opinion. That's fair. He, well, he, he – the, the specific statement that we're reacting – that we're talking about yeah. right now is he said – he. Paraphrasing, of course. He basically said, um, I put that in because I, I felt like I needed it for the story, and I knew that the screenwriting 101 crowd wasn't going to like it, but I still yeah. thought it's what the, the story needed. Yeah. Um, so if you're interpreting that elbow as an elbow, he's calling us the screenwriting 101 crowd. Yes, for for within those first three minutes, he heard of, and I'm guessing he probably shut it off when we said, well, you know, there's the second magic bean. He's like, oh, I'm not going to yeah, like I, this. I know these people are a click. Yeah, yeah. which which is, un, I mean, the un- I think that's fair, to be honest. I don't, if, I don't it's know if, that If it he is. comes at it, it's with not the, totally fair. Well, he comes at I it. Can un- I can can certainly understand his point of view, but it's it's not totally. I don't oh, no, think no, no. I don't but think I'm that's not, what I'm we not, did. I'm not, I'm not, well, well, no, I'm not saying there is a certain amount of dismissive if that's what happened, right? Uh, because he's like, nope, I'm not going to really align with those guys. But my point is, I think it's fair for him to have that opinion because he's actually said it before out of this context where he has talked about, and I mentioned it on the commentary. Well, yeah, he's the, mentioned the, before the, that the, he the Dumble care. Bumble Jumbo <laughs> yeah. stuff. He's like, I I, I see he, the use. He doesn't of that. buy that theory, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. And not not to mention the fact that I kind of see the point. I mean, it doesn't make me like up any less that there are two magic beans going on. It's just something that's interesting it's, and instructive to call out. When well, you see what it. I re- what I what I um. Nor does it necessarily make me like Looper any less. I really well. I liked Trey's kind of an analogy and and talking about it. It's like there 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 is a group of people that 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 I've dealt with. So I'm <laughs> sure that Ryan Johnson has dealt sure. with who are the ones who sit there and look at a movie or read a script and they've got the checklist next to them. Oh, what was the, who's the guy that does the thing where it, like the what what was wrong in Looper in three minutes or that kind of thing where just the numbers right. counting? Oh, and he's yeah. like, well, well, that's this, just, guy's that's wearing, just, this is picking various yeah, nits. This that's, guy's wearing pants. But that's, yeah, that, but that's it's a largely thing. a Blake Snyder kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, the Blake Snyder because it's so simple and formulaic. Yeah, it's, it, the, it's, it's the people it's the, who sit down and they if when you hand them a script, they think they they think they're being you know giving good critique because Blake Snyder says that your your inciting incident or or whatever it needs to happen on page 25. Right. So they flip, They don't even read it. They flip to page 25, and if what's going on on page 25 is not interesting to them, your script is broken. They are not. They don't care about the context. They're not actually reading it. They're just going by this checklist, yeah. and they're starting from the checklist and moving down as if it's prescriptive rather than descriptive. Whereas the, I can the, imagine him looking at us and thinking that we're that crowd. Well, exactly. Yeah. If you yeah. don't, if you, if you haven't listened to any of our stuff and you, you listen to the beginning of any commentary and stuff like that and you're used to dealing with that kind of crowd, you would probably make the assumption that we are that kind of crowd whereas i i like to think that the truth is what what trey was saying it's like we sit down and watch a movie and and if something about it is off 
if something about it feels broken, that's when we pop the hood yeah. and we go, okay, I'm pulling up the checklist <laughs> as as a reference for troubleshooting. Right. But just because it doesn't do X I, doesn't I, mean that's why it's broken. But I'm still taking the car for a drive before I yes, pop the hood. Exactly. Sure. Oh, I'm hearing okay. a rattling noise. Well, yeah. usually that's one of three things. Yes. You know, and you just go from there. And and as we've said, it's any any artist who's gonna grow. You know, you start by drawing the basics and you learn, you know, you draw, you, you know, you, you, draw, you draw a damn eventually. person that yeah. looks like a damn person. And once you can do that, you got to know the rules to break the rules. Exactly. Then you can move on and you got to know the rules to know if you're breaking the rules and you should at least be aware. And, and Johnson clearly is aware because I know that people think that that's really important. It's not important to me. And again, the argument stops there as yeah. far as you're wrong, Ryan Johnson. It's like, no, you, you go with God, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. If someone will, you know, it's, it's more, it's almost more amazing than he got it past the studio because Snyder's point was always the studios are looking at your script like this. Uh-huh. The studios, because studios are business, they're mostly business people and they're not necessarily creative people who are passing judgment on whether your script is creative enough to make a movie out of. They're the ones who don't know any better and will go, well, is there an inciting incident on page 25? Oh, this is no good because they don't have any other trade. They're the ones who don't have any training. Snyder was always about, here's how you sell a script. Snyder, I don't think Snyder ever once said, here's how you write the great script of all time. Snyder's pitch was always, here's how you sell a script. And his thing was always like, this is what they look for at the studios. So I never blame Snyder for, for that. But that has led, especially with his, his death now and the fact that he's not around anymore, it's, it's, he's become this L. Ron Hubbard figure yes. where if, <laughs> yes. Blake, if Blake said it, it is now gospel and it's, he's never going to come back from the dead to correct anything. So, so all of his, you know, his, his fervent believers are like, but no inciting incident on page 25. It's like, no, no, no. He, he never said you should think that way. Yeah. He said commercially that's how they think. Well, and here's the interesting distinction about that. It was because I was going to ask this question that now I know the answer is Blake's point was that's how the movies think about it. But think yeah. of it in this term or in these terms. Hypothetically, imagining on a, on a blank check, <laughs> imagining on a blank slate, what is actually conceptually wrong with the idea of two magic beans? Well, aside from the fact that you run the risk or at least a higher risk of confusing your audience – Nothing well, really. What, it's just, it's what a made-up rule, but it's a guideline. It's just well, like it's just like the 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 180 if, degree rule or whatever. It's like if you can if you can break that rule and get it's not even a rule. It's like yeah. if you can do it and get away with it, fine. If you do it and but we've you find, noticed before that this kind yeah. Of if you do audience. it and you find that the audience is getting thrown off, yeah. You know that the, the yeah. rattling sound is probably coming from that particular you know thing. It, it all traces back to the suspension of disbelief, and all of those rules basically trace back to here's how to ask as little as you possibly need of suspension of disbelief from your audience. And everybody has their own different level of how much uh, disbelief they're willing to suspend going to whatever movie. So any uh, you know a random guy in you know Peoria who's never listened to any of this or screenwriting whatever has no idea magic beans or whatever it's it's never going to occur to him. He probably doesn't have an issue with it. At least, certainly not on a conscious right. level. It's only us because we've consciously done this. Well, but that's and, also and Ryan Johnson the same way goes. Okay, I know that this is a thing, and our our as a group and as a self selected sample of people, our suspension of disbelief or suspensions of disbelief is so much higher than the normal person that we go. Oh, there's there's two magic beans. I'm out. I'm totally out. Well, sort of. But I can I can I can see the point. Uh, of all the kind of screenwritery nitty gritty stuff that we talk about and still enjoy things that break them. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I don't think, again, I don't think there's a, there's a reason to approach it prescriptively. I, I didn't, I didn't see, I mean, I didn't watch Looper. And as soon as the TK showed up, be like, Oh, I'm out. You know, I watched it. I did watch it and go, 
uh oh. Usually yeah, when the, usually when a movie does this, yeah. it becomes problematic later. But I'm still along for the ride to see if you can pull this I, out. I, that's what I, I put on my judge robe and I go. I'll allow this line of questioning for now, <laughs> yes. but I want to see where you're going with this, counselor. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You tell me there's a point to this, and I'll let you keep going. But yeah. I'm, you're on warning now. And then and then it didn't come together for me, and it, it wasn't that I was like, it has two magic beans, so it cannot come together. It's like... It, uh, as soon as the second one showed up, <laughs> it's not like Judge Dredd, where it's like yeah. you have lost your primary. <laughs> yeah, that's weapon. right. <laughs> you failed. Yeah. yeah. As soon as as soon as it showed up, it's like like you say, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> and then at the end, it's like, okay, I kind of, I kind of was yeah. concerned that it wasn't going to pull it out, and Unf- it turned out that. Unfortunately, now that you've had your say, I'm striking all that from the record because <laughs> yeah. that was not allowed. It's not admissible. Well, I don't know if it. In, I don't know if this will. But that's. But uh, what I was going to say is, I think that's the thing. One place where the the disconnect was in the conversation with with um, Ryan Johnson because there was a certain point where he was kind of getting to the point of just you know that's the way I wanted to do it and if it doesn't work for you that's fine and it's it's being being more interested it's like I'm like I know that you're used to arguing with people on the internet and they're just <laughs> they just want to prove that they're right and I'm like that's not I'm no longer interested in I wasn't interested in that in the first place I'm at the point where I want to understand what about this worked for you so that I can understand for me where my disconnect is yeah. between what what you were trying to do and and where where I lost where 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 it lost itself in the translation from your mind to mine because that's something yeah. that interests me and and I I you know i can i can totally see that he didn't he didn't get that that's really where, where yeah. i was coming from because most people don't come at it that yeah way. where i where i think the disconnect is yeah he's assuming and rightfully so that in that kind of a conversation he he expects us to be the, the checklist crowd yeah. and well we were just looking for the nitpick and and we found it right away and so we're out he, when you're arguing on the internet, you don't really expect the other person to be making a good faith attempt at honest <laughs> <Yeah>. communication. <laughs> so I don't think no, he exactly. was, I don't think he was geared for that. And I think yeah, I exactly. Think, yeah, in the argument on the internet, you're expecting the other person is their goal is to go to make you go. You're right. I made a shitty movie. I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. Which you know, God forbid, you could actually ever get a person to make to to make that to make that turnaround. Maybe Jules Schumacher. Maybe years later. Yeah. Maybe you finally can. But uh, I don't uh, think you can right now with Ryan Johnson. Nor was it ever our intention no. to boy. I sure hope Ryan Johnson hears this and learns the error of his ways, boy. Yeah, because well, cause let's hope he doesn't screw up like that again. Yeah, because I, I mean, from for me also from the perspective of someone who wants to make films, it's like I want to know what you were trying to communicate because it didn't successfully communicate it to me. I want to know where that broke. So if I ever want to communicate that, I know yeah. what would work for someone like me. Or, or did I? You know, it's fair to go. Did or I did, legi- I miss it? did I legitimately miss something? Yeah. Did I legitimately just not get something? Yeah. Is it is is, Wait, is it a me problem? So 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 explain it to me one more time. Like okay, so that you know in the case, in this case it was like okay no I then I I did understand what you were doing. Yeah. I still just disagree with it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it draws a a a, a useful outline around the distinction, but my problem with Looper is actually less the magic beans and more just the tone shift where it goes from being sure. the city stuff to being the, the farmhouse stuff. The second magic right. bean, it bothers me intellectually if I want to go down that route, but I can actually enjoy the movie. What actually sure. what actually actually bothers me more is just the change of not necessarily well, stakes, but the, the change of the movie. But yeah. you've changed the story. You've see, it's, it spends the whole time setting up this situation that it yeah. then kind of fails to pay which, off. Which isn't, I mean, aside from the fact that there's a... But we've all got a whole commentary on it. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, 
I don't necessarily think it's unfair for someone to peg us after even having heard maybe two or three commentaries chosen at random as, as being at least more like the screenwriter checklist guys than being more like Armand yeah. White. Because I can imagine that I know I for a fact we that, we've, we've, that we've, we've devolved into that several times where sure. it's just well, like the, this, that and the other. I guess, we, I guess it, it, it is the, the case of needing to understand where we're coming from. We're not we're not pulling out the movie and pulling out the checklist going, this is bad because it fails the checklist. We're pulling out the movie and going, this didn't work for us. Let's <laughs> compare this to the checklist and see if we can figure out yeah. what is broken. We're the FAA going through the black box. Okay, yeah. what, what caused this crash? What yeah. happened here? Fair and, enough. You know, and Looper is not nearly, you know, a, uh, you know, oh, it says here that they, they didn't set the ailerons properly. Well, that's going to put you right on the <laughs> So sky. we're sort of a film review show by way of film writing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, no, we've, but then, we've become yeah, that. And then, and, and then our defense, you know, it, because we have to defend ourselves against strangers on the internet, just like Ryan Johnson does, apparently. <laughs> Hitler. Yeah, Hitler. Um, is is as we've said many times, and we pointed out movies. There are movies that break some, or sometimes you know, seemingly all the rules, and they're still awesome. perfect. They're still perfectly satisfying. In fact, Cloud Atlas. Yeah, Cloud Atlas. There's another thing you're talking about criticism because we had the confused Matthew thing. But one thing that I saw on the uh, the internet just this week, um, I don't think it was related to the Diff Forum, so uh, you guys may not have seen this. But we've we've said in our Indiana Jones commentary, for example, there's a movie where you go, the hero is totally ineffectual in the third <laughs> act. Who would ever write that? Lawrence Kasdan, that hack. I hope he never makes another movie. Um, but, but someone else pointed out the movie, the story wouldn't have changed or nothing you know, would have turned out any better or worse if Indy had, didn't even exist. Yeah, because yeah Mike be said that. Yeah, was that you? Indy could walk away and the ending would happen. The but not the ending, same. the whole he movie. Have to be yeah. there the whole movie. The, the, the ending would still be the same because the Nazis would have got the amulet from, from, uh, from uh, Marion. Marion at the bar, but they would have gotten the amulet because Indy was the one who stopped them. So they would have known what size to make the staff. They would have found the Ark on their own mm -hmm. and then the Ark would have killed them all. <laughs> Indy didn't even have to be in the movie for the for the Nazis to be defeated. I guess all that Indy has done is sort of managed to get the Ark of the Covenant back to the giant warehouse where no he, one ever. Yeah, found he him. he got he got some other people, which, which is even worse. It would have been yeah. on an island full of dead well, there's, people. Well, there yeah. is. He, he got some collateral people around him killed who would have been okay otherwise. Well, there was a thing. But there, but there was a thing. <laughs> this movie sucks. Well, there was a thing where wasn't it a part of Raiders? Wasn't it a plot point that? They're digging in the wrong place. Like he had gotten. Yeah, they, but they, well, they were, the translator because read it wrong. because they got no, they, they only had, they had the half. imprint of the, 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 of the thing. He would have just he would have gotten the medallion. So he they would have had, never had the hand. They would never. They would have had the medallion, You're and right. they would have known what length to make the staff and where to dig. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Indy didn't have to be in the story <laughs> at all. Blake <laughs> Snyder is cursing Indy from heaven. If you remove Indiana Jones from that movie, all you do is <laughs> avoid some unnecessary death. And speed, yeah. and and speed the process. Bar. <laughs> and speed the process. And speed the process. And process. bar, yeah. Exactly. And gets to keep her bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, By the way, on that sub, it's a, now we're on a tangent, but in the chat, I think it's Ash Digital is learning Nepali or Nepali, whatever yeah, the language Nepalese. is. And he said, oh, yeah. um, Pisari. Uh, Pisari? Pisari? Pisari. 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 Uh, means uh, one second or hold on. Yeah, hold that's, your that's, that's what it means. So when she's like, Pisari, she's yeah. like saying, wait, wait, hold on, I got this. Yeah. And then she does the whole thing where she's drinking with the fat man woman. Anyway. Yes. The, the, so so anyway, should we get into Confused Matthew? Well, that's, where, there's, that's there's the far end That's of the, the far end of the spectrum. Because, you know, I think if Armand White is on a high horse that's nine I think feet we tall we over put there. put Armand White and Confused Matthew in a pit and make him fight. Because that <laughs> yeah. would be awesome. Oh, dude. And, dude, Whoever here's loses, the problem. We win. No, yeah. here's, the pro here's the problem. Who wins and then how do we feel about that? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, anyway. But well, now, we'll, we'll discuss it in the postgame. Who, we'll who, 
Uh, who among us has the most experience with what confused Matthew? Who has the largest sample to draw from <coughs> to paint a picture for it? I think probably Mike. I accidentally started watching his thing once because it was linked from a Red Letter Media thing. So we were watching, like, we were halfway through a review, and then we accidentally clicked over to Confuse Matthew, and we're like, what the hell is happening? Like, this has completely changed tone and substance and, and blah, blah, blah. But no, I really, My I really haven't that much. Everything that I I've seen from him it. is him yelling at a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And not necessarily making good points. Yeah. It seems like, well, it seems like that's kind of his thing. It's like, if he yeah. liked a movie, then there's nothing to say, I guess, from his perspective. He just wants to, he just wants to get it off his chest that, that Keith, he, he is the kind of, and, and uh, again, fair enough, because, because, um, certainly I, I was more like this early on in, on this show. It was like, it takes a little while to realize that when, when a filmmaker makes a bad movie, it's not, it's not personal against you. It's not because they don't like you <laughs> yeah. and they're trying to, to punish you. <laughs> they're just not good. <laughs> Maybe they just, or, or they something, just, they made a bad choice or something happened. Yeah. A bad Ooh. choice was made and stuff like that. And over the course of doing what we do, it's, it, that has, it, it, you know, I, I've been aided in appreciating that more and be like oh you know you watch a bad movie it's like or a movie that doesn't work and you go that's where it broke like i wasn't able to really understand it watching it but now saying, we're sitting here talking about it and that's where it broke are you saying you've grown as a person as like a result of this so. podcast? i like to oh, think so that's nice but um, that's totally right i mean on, on one hand i mean as, we got to the phantom minutes way before yeah. red letter media did and he made some of the same points I, we did on the other we kind of sound like uninformed douchebags on the Phantom Menace commentary. Yeah. So I can't listen to the earlier ones. I can't I, either. And I, and I think the, I, I think people, whenever I see a negative review on iTunes, I'm like, yeah. I bet you started yeah, you probably the read to listen to the Phantom Menace. One. Yeah, yeah. He probably started at the beginning, start from the newer ones. And if you like it, you can see our roots, but don't, yeah. <laughs> don't start there. Um, watch any of the last 150. Just watch yeah, out the first yeah, 20. Right. Exactly. You ever seen the first season of Buffy? Yeah. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but confuse Matthew, like where does, no, this is, I, I'm not, you, I'm not an expert. I shouldn't, I, well, sure. Sure, but I, I I've only I've only listened yesterday to that one link where he was going on about Cloud Atlas, uh, which you know again it was it was one of those things. It's like, well, I guess there's a market for this on the internet because there's a market for everything on the internet. It doesn't matter what you do. There's six people in Japan who want to listen to you do it, but uh, you know it's like, well, there's. There's nothing here. He's just. I just didn't. I didn't find it instructive. Yeah. I, I didn't it, find it enlightening. Yeah. You know. Now here's where he, just, he said. He said Cloud Atlas. And, he, and this one, it wasn't. We were talking one, about a Cloud Atlas. It was. A, it came out of Cloud Atlas. It's a Cloud Atlas conversation. It's 11 minutes long, and and he does say this isn't a review of Cloud Atlas. Well, good because it certainly wasn't that. But you know, he he it was a rant. It was a rant. But he was talking about criticism. He's talking about a, a Wachowski quote and and had an opinion about that, which was. Well, what was the quote? Well, the. First of all, he just he, he hated Cloud Atlas, which is like sure. okay, fair. You For know, the forty <laughs> minutes he actually bothered to watch. Exactly, he didn't watch all of Cloud Atlas. He walked out. He said it has no characters and no plot, and it doesn't tell you where you are or when you are, and it's just trying to confuse you. And my, and my one thing is like, well, there's one thing that I know for sure about Cloud Atlas, and that's that every segment has a title that says where and yeah. when you are. So uh, that's verifiably untrue. Right. Um, so I don't know what else uh, you know you're reviewing. But then, but he wasn't really. He said so. I'm not really reviewing Cloud Atlas, even though he said it's stupid and it has no characters and right. has no plot um it's like well i think he just wanted to that's not necessarily true either he was preemptively defending himself against someone saying that he didn't make any yeah. strong points but then he went on to talk about and how there was failed to there was a wachowski interview and i guess we call them the wachowski siblings now or however or just heard the, wachowskis. the wachowskis there you go and in which andy and lana some some quote from whichever one of the two it was said something and i'm paraphrasing and he might have been paraphrasing and that's also something to be taken with a grain of salt but he said something i, mean, I think he was quoting but it was something along the lines of well people are going to knock this movie because it's too complicated for them or they don't understand it and and you know something like that which he went off on a rant about that 
saying that that was an attempt to deflect criticism by just going, if you didn't like it, it's because you're not smart enough. Right. Which I don't know if that was their intent. And that's, you know, that's fair. I've been bugged by that, that line of reasoning before. If you didn't like it, you didn't get it. It's dismissive. Exactly. And that's, I've, I've had to deal with that for the matrix sequel. Exactly. And I, and I don't disagree with that sentiment in its itself. It's like, yes, exactly. I, you know, no one who, who wants a critic, you know, or a a filmmaker to go, well, clearly you didn't understand my genius. You know, it's like, well, and and whether, no, David Lynch is still working and whether (laughs) the Wachowskis ever said that or not in, in that quote, whatever. Yeah. You know, that's beside the thinks They're hiding behind their nonsense. Yeah, exactly. But then, but the flip side of that is as, as true as that statement in itself might be, my response to that, though, is that, yes, but Matthew, you're not bringing anything to the table either. You're not even attempting to critique it or analyze it or even show that you understood it or made any attempt to understand it. If you want to make an argument that it doesn't make sense, you have to show all the places it doesn't exactly. Connect. And he and you know to say it's stupid and it sucks and the characters are dumb and it has no Dude, plot is not that is not criticism. I think we can all agree. We didn't even we didn't even say that 2012 wasn't worth our time. To I mean we <laughs> people on the panel hours of your fucking time. hated it, but we sat there and we tried to figure out what didn't work. And we actually yeah. had a at the end of the time. A, it's fun to hear Mike be that mad. But B, <laughs> is it? End, I, well, I don't think at the end of the, at the end of the, at the end of the day, <laughs> we actually, actually remember ended up yeah. having a cogent conversation about the distinction to be drawn between Independence Day and 2012, and what the difference is. Even if we're just sitting there aggravated to shit about it, we don't just get yelly at the movie and then never go anywhere from that. Yeah. Whereas if it's a one note thing like that, and I guess that's where you draw the distinction between someone like Confused Matthew and someone like Plinkett, the Red Letter Media stuff. Because while Red Letter Media certainly has the ability to just sort of dismissively shit on something, he also sort of has the brand of being the guy that'll figure out what the problem is. And I think they, I, I appreciate their um, the review show Half in the Bag. I know, uh, I mean, I haven't seen some of the more recent episodes because... Is that the one where he's of, just sitting there? Well, he sits there with one of his buddies, but they, and they talk about they don't just talk about whether or not they like to film. They're like, what didn't work for me was, and they actually engage with it and are trying to sort out. It's like there, there was this character who, who did nothing. It's like you, you think that maybe this or that, or they spend all this time on her, and then there's, there's no payoff. She doesn't do anything, and that's the kind of conversation that they have, which is. I think actual criticism as opposed to just being like, yeah, it was dumb and I didn't like Katie Holmes and you know, what, you I know, mean, he's a, he's a name that people on the internet have heard because of that Phantom Menace thing where right. it's laying out. Now here's my theory about red letter media. Obviously I'm a fan of the Phantom Menace thing and not everyone are not everyone. is. <laughs> um, but here's the deal with that. The, be- it is the best one of all of his little projects. And I think the reason is the reason people like it is because they're finding out probably for the first time, all of that main headliner screenwriting shit, which he got to do in that episode. Cause he was, you know, basically introducing the world to all that stuff. In addition to the particular Phantom Menace, especial critiques, he's also doing the whole, you need a character that does this and he has to have an arc and he's able to put that into one of them, but he can't do that the next time. So he has to basically the next one have nothing but film specific review critics. And then it just kind of, it's a diminishing returns the whole time. Cause then he can't even talk about what he talked about in attack of the clones the third time. And it's harder and harder. And basically you just become down in front eventually yeah. <laughs> where if you get if in God the first forbid. one you get to you know shit on an easy target which is Phantom Menace make cogent points about Phantom Menace and also introduce people to how to think about critiquing movies yeah that's a pretty solid packed thing but these days it's a little bit more navel gazy I guess but more instructive more useful and less navel gazy than someone just screaming into the wind and shitting on a movie or counting the number of perceived nitpicks even though they don't actually count yeah like you know <laughs> the, the lowest the lowest form of, of that is the people who like will post 
continuity errors on IMDb. Like, oh my god, you know, amazing! The cigarette changes length. It was like, okay, that's I mean, that, that, there's, that's there's, amusing. Exactly. At, least, at least they tried, and they just got yeah. distracted. Yeah, there's there's various levels. I mean, one of the things that I think is that uh, I, I enjoy that what we all bring to it is because we are, you know, no one's ever heard of any of us, but we are all. God help us in the industry in some form or another. You know, it's like we're not we're not in, we're not in our mom's basements. Not you know, I might move back later, but the, we're in Teague's basement. We're in, but Teague, it's in North we're Hollywood. Teague's basement, but he but we pay he pays rent on that basement. But um, but you know, we are all in the industry. We all we all do this stuff. We all want to continue to work in the industry. So we, not only do we have some experience and some understanding of the process from the inside, but it's um, also newly academic for us as well, we're trying to sort out. What I'm getting this. at is is you can always tell when someone like critiques a movie where it's like you know literally nothing about movie making. You can tell right. when someone's coming from that perspective and that's when, that's, that's when they go, well, look, she, she has cigarette changes length. I mean, pff, how do you make a mistake like that? Yeah. Easily, if you know how movies get yeah. made, it's amazing it doesn't happen more often. Um, and it's not a big deal when it does because normal people don't give a shit. So if you have nothing else to say about a movie other than to like track the length of someone's cigarette from shot to shot, you probably don't have a lot else to bring to the table. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that level. That's the, that's the, I, I, the pedantic level. I saw a thing and it was wrong, you know, the Rain Man level of critique. <laughs> Lightsabers turn off in the water. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I wonder if it's a, if it's a distinction between, you know your reasoning and just kind of your gut reaction on something you know if you're not if if you're not an expert in any way you're not a professional or in any way a film expert but you watch something and you just know it bugs you but you have just no expertise to articulate why so you so you find that you latch on to the first thing yeah so you latch on whatever you can articulate which is in that case the the cigarette thing versus something like you know the armand dwight's of like he knows so much he has so much expertise about this particular subject that he's going to just throw as much of that expertise down your throat as he possibly can and it's a it's i wonder if that's the dichotomy i wonder if that's like the fine line that we've all kind of unconsciously been trying to experts walk. are boring and laymen are boring you want to find someone <laughs> in the middle you want to well you want to find somebody who recognizes that they have an impulse and a gut reaction to certain things where you go okay i watched looper and this is how i felt off the cuff about it without even really being able to articulate it immediately but let me apply all of this expertise that i have to this topic and see if i can articulate what is really bothering me on a gut check level and i I think that's I think that's the line you have to walk in order to be truly valuable and not dismissive on either side of the line to get say okay this is you know this is this is bad and I'm just going to make up something why but the more important thing is that I'm really angry and you shouldn't yeah. feel that I'm angry and I don't like her stupid face yeah and her, she's so <laughs> stupid versus the the other the Armand White side the yeah. well the, the, the pantheon of of you know the Godard oeuvre well well that's there is a level for that too I mean you know it's it's Let's not be anti-intellectual here. Let's okay, Armand White is is intellectual ish. Like he <laughs> uses big words and he makes big references to movies he knows you haven't seen, but he is full of shit. I just want to put that out there. I'm not well, anti. I'm not anti-intellectual, but Armand White. Perhaps Mike, you're just not smart enough to understand yeah. what he's saying. Now the, the thing is, whether or not he particularly is a bullshit because I haven't read a word he's ever written. I, I don't know anything about him other than what was just discussed. Um, but there is really and used to be. And we've talked about the the degradation of the of the basic of the Hollywood film industry, and and uh, you know how everything's a B movie now, and and you have to go to the indies to have what used to be the prestige movies, and you know we're we're seriously discussing 
bullshit like Avengers now. Yeah. That's what you know, how, right. how do you how would you like to be a serious film critic in today's day and age? <laughs> I have to go. Oh boy, Transformers this weekend. I'm so glad I got that PhD. Um, no newspaper is going to carry your story about the indie movie that no one can ever see this week. Exactly. So they have to do reviews for exactly. Shit like there's you know there's nothing else to see. So you know there is a world. It's a smaller world than it used to be, but. Uh, you know, it, it, it used to matter more, and it just, unfortunately, it doesn't matter as much now. But, you know, back in that guy who was arguing with Siskel and Ebert, he was fighting a battle that, you know, was eventually lost. But he was fighting a battle when film used to be something that meant a little bit more than it does now. And it really was a little bit more of an art form than, right. than it's generally practiced as now. And he was trying to hold the line, and he failed. Um, and, and the people like people with him failed. And, that's, and those turncoats, Ebert, and they're sitting there going, <laughs> yeah. it's entertainment, it's fine. And he's it's, going, it's, but it's more. It's more than that. And, and so there's, you know, and there's still people who are trying to do that. And film still can be that, but it's not going to be mainstream ever, you know, to, to be that that you know they're going to be there's there's people doing interesting you know fascinating deep intellectual analysis of films and people doing deep fascinating intellectual films but they're not making a lot of money doing either of those things and that's right. just the nature of the industry <laughs> that doesn't mean there's not a place for that level of thinking i mean hell, i went to film school man you know you want to talk about arcane conversations about bullshit topics about film i've <laughs> i've had them and you know i didn't even go on to get the the you know the extra the extra degree i just I'll, bachelor of arts is fine for me i'll stop here i'm done with this usc there's production major there's criticism major you can major in film criticism at least you could in my day at usc that was the two majors of film there was there was production, but there was also history crit. It's like, and I would, I would always ask people who were in that major, I was like, what, what is the job that you get when you come out of history crit? It is like, basically, you become a cinema teacher. That, that's the only job. You just maintain this line of reasoning. Yeah, it's just like you, you keep that line going of, of people who deeply, 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 deeply think about film. And it's like, well, okay. It's like being a monk, apparently. Well, it's that's something that continuing Armand, like, that tradition always talks about. He's like, Ebert hasn't had the training, damn it. Yeah. I've had the training. And that's fair. But then the, the trade-off is like, well, what do you... But Ebert's... What's the training for? Right, uh, exactly. Other than to talk about your training. Now, it, this is a, it's kind of maybe a weird left field thing, but this is um, just something that I just... I'd never heard this expressed before, and I thought it was fascinating. Um, and I'm going to have to do some backstory on this because it's a total... Going to sound like a non sequitur at the beginning, but there's a there's an author named Fran Lebowitz who is great. If you if you've ever had a chance to check out Fran Lebowitz, she's this amazing character. She's like the female Woody Allen. She's that same era. She's still around. She lives in New York. She's always lived in New York. She was very big in the 70s and 80s. She wrote a series of books which were basically just essays, collected essays called Metropolitan Life and, and a few others, which are these very sort of you know kind of very snarky, very sort of you know life in the big city kind of things. Very funny um, and very very intellectual. Um, pieces, Fran Leibowitz and uh, Martin Scorsese, like two years ago, did an HBO documentary about her where it was just her for an hour, just sort of covering her weird career. Where I she, think I've seen that on Netflix. Yeah. I didn't watch it, but I've seen that it's, poster. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a piece about Fran Leibowitz and she's just, she just gets to expound. She's basically, she, she looks, now she looks and dresses exactly like Oscar Wilde and she's just, she's, <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she's trying to occupy the niche of Oscar Wilde and she is massively intellectual and she, she said something I've never heard anyone else express that I thought was fascinating and she was lamenting the degradation of culture in general film but also art and photography and just all the all the arts and in the new york scene because she came to new york in the 70s and it was you know a certain kind of thing and and everyone was aspiring to like being you know this this intellectual thing was the was the the culture is to be as intellectual and get as deep into these topics and she and she laid the blame for the degradation of the culture on the aids epidemic because she said we lost an entire generation 
of, of people, people who appreciated things properly. You know, that the line was broken, you know, largely broken. You had a whole society of people who learned from the people before them, learned from the people before them, to really, really, really understand the ballet, for example. And they could tell you, oh, did you see when she did Giselle and her finger went this way? Oh, my God, can you believe the travesty that was? They understood it so amazing. And, and you could call that elitism. And we, no, but we just lost a whole stepping stone. So someone coming up the path now so, is just missing a chunk. Where exactly. The, and so that no line was land. broken. And she said, if, if, I could, if I could resurrect all... It's like all, Luke trying to learn to be a Jedi. Exactly. And she goes, if I could resurrect all the those people from the dead what i would tell them is like guess who's famous now guess who everybody thinks is a good photographer now guess who everybody thinks is a great choreographer and all those people would go are you fucking serious <laughs> you know that, she, that, that i thought that was really interesting and the that, taste died yeah the 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 appreciation that that level of, of understanding the evolving and, sense of yeah. taste just kind of so died in one generation so is she saying that only gay people have taste well, yes. well, not only gay people die. Yes, the 80s, that is, okay. that's exactly something Fran Leibowitz would say if you if you <laughs> paid any attention to her. No, she she literally was saying. But that. that's but 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 the, the overlap is what's important. It's not that yeah, they were gay and then they had opinions. It's that was, the overlap between the culture crowd and the yeah. gay crowd. And again, I was you can call kidding, that, yeah, by the way. you can call that elitism, and and you, it is elitism. Yeah, and, and again, that's not a bad we, elitism we've is learned not a bad that we, thing. now we think that elitism is bad. And and her but thing the people is, that were carrying the cultural torch. She is she is lamenting the fact that we lost our elites. That we lost an entire generation of elites, or at least a bunch of a whole. They can't be replaced you know yeah. that now as, a, as a force as you know because the cultural center in the 70s and earlier was also the east coast was new york right. new york was where this you know now it's that's it's also been minimized so much more so you know the fact that that's an interesting point the big cities were devastated and we lost not just you know it's, it just happens that there's overlap between the gay community and the, the, the arts elites. community and we yeah. lost we lost a lot of arts people because that's just how that shit worked out you know it's like so and and she and she i've never heard anyone else say that who point that out you know to say like it's a perfect like that's freakonomics a, thing. that's a very freakonomics thing to kind of say and whether or not she's right i've always i've never forgotten that i thought that's a fascinating insight and uh, just the idea of you know and had she or her being there and then living in that in that society and being that culture and knowing just just knowing the body count among her friends, right. her peers, you know, and how few of them lived through the 80s. And, and without someone to carry the, tol- the torch of the focus of how critique is working, it just sort of drifts for a while. It's like yeah. that. And we ended up in idiocracy zone. It's like yeah. that. Well, it's like that uh, that comment people make, and I'm not sure this is entirely accurate, but the idea that, um, you know, basically the Dark Ages stopped like 500 years of technological growth, in yeah. fact, set us back. Yeah. And and now we've just finally like picked up where we kind of left off and, <laughs> and have started gaining. It's like, I guess. I, the AIDS epidemic maybe <laughs> set art back like yeah. 20, 30 years and like a couple generations will need to build up to get it back. Yeah, because we lost all of our 20-something people that were about to start making this yeah. shit and yeah. we had to basically wait a generation for anyone to start doing something again. Yeah, and yeah. but but they but for they some, don't... like a new cultural evolution. And they don't have the generation before to show them how to do exactly. that. Exactly. It's and like so I said, they just or, cut out a stepping stone. Or it's like the uh, the the... Um, thing we talked about on uh, Jurassic Park about the bird calls. It's yeah, like yeah. sooner or later they'll figure the bird calls back out again, <laughs> but it's going to take a couple generations of screwing up and, and working yeah. towards it as opposed to a continuous unbroken. <laughs> yeah! Yeah. Friendly I guess that's Leibowitz. good. Yeah. High five. Yeah. Look up Friendly Woods, and the, and the documentary is a great introduction. If, if it is on Netflix, um, it's directed by Norton Torsese. There may be other things about her, but uh, look her up. She's a fascinating character. And I, I loved her books back in the day, and I was really pleased when I saw this documentary. I was like, oh, Friendly Woods is still around, and she's still just as trenchant and outspoken as ever. She's she's a fascinating lady, I think. Anyway, the I'm not saying that I 
because I, I certainly realized when I was in film school that, you know, God, I, I pitied the poor bastards in history crit. You know, I had to write like four papers about, you know, birth of a nation or whatever. <laughs> that's all I ever want to do. And history crit was nothing but that. And I'm like, wow, that's that's more thinking about movies than I want to do. I just want to I want to, you know, I like understanding movies. I like having some understanding of the greater cultural importance and the, and the you know, the artistic aspects. But I just I want to make them. You know, I'll leave the crit to the other people. And I just like to make them. Please. You go back and tell me what I meant. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you, yeah, you tell me. You tell me how I did. Um, but the the so here and here down in front, I certainly don't you know aspire to us you know, reaching the arm on white level. We can you know I don't think I don't think any of us have that have oh, that no. thing. But at the same time, I, I hope we're not too often coming across as the confused ignorant Matthews. confused Matthew screaming into the hurricane, going your movie sucked and I and I don't know why and I peed myself. <laughs> you know I. I think the two are related somehow. Like I said, I hope that we're we're in the middle of that continuum. Yeah. Like, you know, I like to imagine, and this is highly fucking biased and also narcissistic, but I like to imagine <laughs> that if the spectrum goes from on the left, you've got Armand White, and then to, to his right is Ebert, and then hopefully to his right is us, and then or any other internet age review show, maybe actually us before them, then reviewee, then RLME, and then Confused Matthew E. Like, it kind of goes from way too erudite to retarded maybe that's and it. hopefully maybe, we're in the middle maybe 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 the training is what broke armand dwight maybe he's just <laughs> he's he, incapable it's the same thing as the opposite it's the same thing as the screenwriter 101 he's stuck in screenwriter 102 now well, he's stuck, well, in, yeah, he's, he's stuck okay. in knowing how the how the ruling is supposed to work on these and things like, at a very high level and, and he's, he's a slave yeah no now. matter what he does he's like i gotta find a way that this has something to do with birth of a nation well, i don't know how to yeah, not do that there could be a question we've even talked about it at our level it's like there's a point where I wish I could just enjoy a movie now, and I no. can't just do that. I can't just surrender to a movie now. Well, it, it's the same criticism we've leveled at, you know, the the Shining guy, for example, of... of Kubrick's a genius because of the angles. Yeah, yeah, Kubrick's a genius because the geography of the set doesn't, you know... Couldn't doesn't actually have that out. window there. Yeah, yeah. and no, it seems like the, the criticism that we've leveled multiple times is it seems like these those sorts of film critics never seem to think about just people on a set trying yeah. to make their yeah. day. And Again, I, it comes I, by not knowing, you don't know the process. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, yeah, they you don't have, understand how that even happens. Like, like you're saying, in the sense that they're that USC has two different tracks in terms yeah. of there are people who understand that there's just a group of people trying to make their day versus the people who are trying to find the grand tapestry meaning of the whole thing. Okay. I would hope, I think, and you know, like Teague said, I think this is probably massively biased, but I would hope that we are somewhere in a center lane between t- <laughs> those two extremes where we have an appreciation of here's the here's the grander cultural tapestry that is being woven here but we understand that each individual thread at the end of the day is just guys trying to make their day right i think and i think i think if you if you just listen to our stuff there is an aspect where we uh, could potentially be seen to um, be erring more on the side of forgetting about the guys trying to make their day and we're sometimes like well it it would have been better if it had been like this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, yeah but they were losing. We like, if, if we're I talking totally to someone, agree. it's like, Absolutely. yeah, but they were losing well, light and stuff like but- that, which is fine. But for me, it's like the the point of those kinds of conversations for me and, and doing the show and, and stuff like that is for me – Someday when I'm making a movie and I'm losing the light, I've had so much practice that right. I'm still thinking about it. Right. Like that is purely for me and not as much a critique of, of absolutely. Them well, I just like if we're imagining that same spectrum that I said, where it's you know five dots from Armand to Ebert to us to Blog to Confuse Matthew. Uh, I, I like the idea that we are in a part of the spectrum 
as opposed to someone on the ends, where we could either err to being pedantic or heady. We might be too heady this time. Or we might be too pedantic this time. As opposed to we're always only ever too heady and sometimes sometimes it's just a little bit less heady. We're going to be wrong, but at least let's have some variety about it. Yeah. I mean sometimes it's just gonna be fucking funny for the sake of it. If you if if the you know tachometer is pegged all the way to one side where it's nothing but screaming into the wind, or pegged all the way to the one side where it's just nothing but historical context and never going the entertainment value of this was actually worth mentioning, yeah. by the way. You, you know, you, yeah. you're kind of stuck in a spot where you can only kind of get worse or better. Yeah. But in the middle, you know, there's a little bit of wiggle room where it can be one thing one but, day and something but else. But I do next. totally agree with Trey. Hopefully it's funny no matter what it is. That's, <laughs> that's really what matters. That's really our bottom show, line. So. Yes, exactly. And I, I don't know if we have any great uh, aspirations to educate people or anything like that. I, I'm just trying I, to educate, I, I educate myself. myself. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And if we, We're uh, educating ourselves out loud. If, as we've talked about when in the process of screenwriting, when you, when you, if you're spitballing ideas with, with other people in your thing um, and say, okay, here's my idea in the script. And someone goes, that's stupid. You really shouldn't do that. Well, why that that makes well that that makes you go, but this is why I want to do it. Yeah, and or go, oh well, maybe my reasons for doing that aren't as strong as I thought they were because I really can't justify it. So you know, so so there's a give and take. So if we you know if we shit on your favorite movie, okay, you know you you can you can you're welcome to just go fuck you. I like that movie, <laughs> but you know, if you want to they talk, do. <laughs> and they do, and that's fair yeah. enough. Um, and so that is do with the top of the lungs at length, but that's fine too. As we mostly. We've had that conversation multiple times, like in the, in the forum, I remember we had a great, yeah. a lot of pushback with uh, Chronicles of Riddick. It'd be like, no, it's, you know, because we said you, such and such are the problems. We pulled out the checklist of going, <laughs> okay, these are the problems with yeah. Chronicles of Riddick. And a lot of people in the forum went, but no, but it's good anyway. Yeah. But I, but I really like it. So screw you. I mean, that's yeah. fine. It's that's totally great. fine. We all okay. like bad movies. Movies, but just, it, yeah. just understand. <laughs> Ooh, snap! Ooh, dip! You were actually gaining ground there, person. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm being great. totally honest. It was the talking about throwing the elbow. <laughs> I'm being totally honest, though. I mean, no, no, at least fun. the point that I made in the forum, like, listen, we there are all movies that we all like that we can't defend on a story sure. level. You go, yeah, yeah, you know, Howard, whatever, Howard the Duck or Super Mario Brothers or whatever it is. You go, I, I really, I really enjoy this, but what I think know, your point should have been, <laughs> sure. Was, yeah. Was when we shit on a movie that you like, bear in mind that that's actually not necessarily a qualitative thing on your part because we're not trying to be we're not instructive. judging you. We're not trying to yeah. be instructive yes. for how you should watch movies. Yes. We're having a circle jerk over here trying to figure yeah. out why a movie doesn't work if we don't like it. However, if you know, if you if you are if you want like we do, <laughs> some people like stupid movies. <laughs> no, it's totally cool. No, like, I'm saying we all like stupid. Yeah. I I like stupid movies, included. I, I remember that a, conversation. I remember. That, well, hey, we just we just we just gave Dread a love fest three yeah. weeks ago. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're us over here. Uh, I got a lot of flack in that conversation because I kept making the joke about blah 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 blah. And Judy Dench is a ghost that flies, and it was always she doesn't. She's not a ghost, and she's not flying. I'm like, okay, I <laughs> was me, that, that was me thing. using the ironic yeah. comedy voice there. Shall brook no party in it, the back. It's it's not that I don't get that she's a, an immortal hootie who and she and she's not actually flying and she glides very well. I watched the movie. I heard the dialogue. I know, but you know, again, it's like I I don't. Just, what are we arguing about here? It's like I made a joke about the movie or with the at that level that I can't even, yeah. you know, you, don't, you can't recognize an ironic, you know, snarky comment uh, that that wasn't that wasn't the 
the Manhattan Project. I thought I just laid on you there. That was just a silly, <laughs> stupid line of mine. So you know, that's it's weird, but you know, you'll you'll hit these buttons. And I'm actually, I'm actually surprised that we didn't get any Ryan Johnson blowback. I thought the I thought the Looper lovers were going to come at us in force there, yeah. like they sometimes, you know, sometimes right. we get some visits from the Whedon esque people when yeah, we yeah, dare happen. speak out against uh, uh, Joss. But but um, I didn't see. I was I was like, oh god, here come the. The looper, the looper kids are going to come I, at us. I was now. braced for it. Yeah. I was, I was ready for it. But uh, prepare, especially once he started engaging. I was like, I was oh, like, oh no! I was like, as soon as I saw that happen, I was like, we're fucking screwed. <laughs> because you know, if, like, if someone was doing that shit to an episode of The Guild, Felicia Day oh. starts talking back. Oh Prepare, man. winter is coming. <laughs> I mean, good God. Oh yeah, Omar, Omar's coming. <laughs> Omar, Omar's coming. But, but the you know we again our our goal first of all. FYI, listeners at home, um, our goal is we haven't figured out what our goal is yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is still just a thing we do every week, and we we have yet to find a reason for doing it. But we, as long as we continue being amused, we haven't found a reason to stop. Is really is really all this. As I tell my so mom, far. it's better than doing drugs, mom. I could be with the exactly. other kids. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we don't have a great set purpose here. Um, so if you don't think we have one, we're really just having conversations. We agree with you. Um, so yeah, we're just we come in and we we wing it, and and I I really enjoy the process of discovery and. And, and kicking it around and all that kind of stuff. But the, I would hope that if you listen to the podcast, it's not to have your 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 pet movie, you know, get stroked because you know sometimes that will happen. If it's Princess Bride, hey, you know, we're right there with you. Let's all have a cuddle party. Um, but if if I get to be on the bottom, if you're <laughs> if you're interested, if you're interested in making movies or understanding the making movies or just looking looking under the hood about what movies are about and how they get made and what they, how the sausage gets made. That's, that's what we're always generally exploring here is, is does a movie work? Does it not work? Is, and, and just in our, in our semi-professional semi-layman way, just kind of trying to feel our way through it. I don't think we're the ultimate authority on much of anything that isn't our own personal experience. I'm a pretty good authority on 2010 Moby Dick, the making, <laughs> the making of, but that's about it. Like you were as, there as far. Yeah, I know it's, it's almost like I was there, but I don't think I'm the ultimate authority on anything, any other topic uh, that we've ever touched on. I'm but, always, uh, we're I'm professionals. Always, I'm always yeah, interested when, when um, again, okay, like we don't get many iTunes reviews anyway, but occasionally no. I'll check in. And the negative ones are always like, I'm always fascinated by people who are like, oh, you know, it's just like film school basic. I'm like, we don't do any of the kind of, like <laughs> Armand White is the kind of film school thing or even just that kind of intellectual, like, you know, we're not invoking Godard or any of that shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and... Uh, so like, I'm, I'm sort of like, we are exactly not, we would not be approved at any yeah. film school. I if don't we know look intellectual to you, yeah. I think we both know where we stand. <laughs> Just how far down the idiocracy <laughs> spectrum have we I think we've yeah. learned, I think we both learned a little something about ourselves. we're all fucking morons. <laughs> so if we look smart. We're making it up as we go. I just on. love that we get almost an equal measure complaints about being navel gazing and pedantic like <laughs> okay well is it that we're all just sitting here in a stew of our own thoughts and wondering what they all mean or are we sitting here laughing when someone farts i mean i just like that we exist on the part of the spectrum where we can go in yeah. either way that's well, true i mean there yeah like you say uh, and like we've talked about with with other things it's we get enough comments from all across the spectrum that it's like i guess that probably I means we're doing a fair right. sample of yeah. Yeah. opinions i think it says a little bit more about the people doing the commenting and yeah. what their what their attitude if it is. were all in one direction that would be yeah, exactly. to listen if, to but fifty thousand reviews and say those guys are idiots then we might yeah we probably. probably listen yeah, to that definitely <laughs> but but in the end, it's you know, it's it's there's a, a thread right now on the forums where we're talking about the Wilhelm scream, 
and yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, so That's many actually pe- a useful example. It's, it's so many people are saying that I'm really sick of the Wilhelm scream because now it's in every movie. Now it's and, a, it's an outside joke. Exactly, and and I agree with that, but that's because I like everyone else in this room. I'm a film nerd. I haven't seen actual polling data on this, but I still believe that most of the civilized world doesn't give two shits about the Wilhelm scream or know what it is. <laughs> right. Um, so again, for even to say it's so you know sickening and sad that they they just they keep doing the Wilhelm scream, the joke has long since you know lost its its luster for you, which I certainly <laughs> which I certainly agree with. You know, there's there's been some very intrusive ones. Oh, you know, where you kind of go King. really right there. You had to do it at the Return of the King. I believe at least the extended edition has two Wilhelm screams. It does, which is like ah! yeah, which is like guys, okay. What what are you doing? We get it. We're all in the yeah. same team. And it, like at the top about? of the mix too. I mean, it, it really yeah, depends like on how they're right mixed. front and center. Like yeah. okay, really? You know? And but again, that's because we're all film nerds. I think most people still aren't aware that there is such a thing as Wilhelm scream or whatever. So again, if you want to listen to this podcast, you'll learn about things like the Wilhelm scream. Right. But if you go, well, I'm not interested in that kind of crazy level of detail on movies. Well, good. You know. It's like for Move all along. we know, there's people in the art community that it's like a huge inside joke and fuck it every single time a painter uses orange. Like yeah. we or, wouldn't have no way hey, of knowing. Helvetica. Am yeah, I right, Helvetica, you guys? Helvetica is joke. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, in the defense of the typography crowd, <laughs> that is Helvetica. Helvetica, Helvetica is way oh, better. Here than we Ariel. go. Oh God. Anyway. So, so hey, by the way, if you ever want to know, uh, Helvetica, the strokes end completely flat, and her Ariel, the strokes will end like on the lowercase e and a slight slant now there you go you can go around the entire world and tell people <laughs> the difference and they'll never know exactly how you know but you'll be right 99 percent of the time so that's the place of weird esoteric film criticism and you also elitist. the i'm just saying it was useful for me uh it was instructive trey um <laughs> uh, this has been down in front you can always find more episodes at downinfront.net subscribe to us on itunes get a brand new episode every single week twitter.com slash down in front facebook down in front show email us at down in front show at gmail.com go to the forum involve yourself in the conversations we've mentioned the uh the wilhelm scream thread and the does Toy Story 3 suck threads. They're both good things that are going on right now. Get in there. Check them out because they're fun conversations and generally the, the whole community is great. And that's where you'll find out where the live shows are happening, which, you know, we, we do them at downinfront.net slash live, but the forum and Twitter will tell you where they're going. Uh, for the live show today, Seth was our technical director doing the switchery for PBS. And uh, <laughs> until uh, buy our shirts, give us money. Holden Hill. Yeah, Team seriously, because they're about to cut our funding. <laughs> yeah, the chub group totally pulled out. Uh, my name is always T. Christie. Ryan Pinnock. Nice cap. Armin White. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. That's racist. <laughs> good night, good night. <laughs>